Welcome to Harrison Church. We're glad that you've joined us today. During this season of Advent, we encourage you to think about how you are preparing your life and heart for Christ. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Elizabeth. If you will, please stand. Um, I'll be reading first from the book of the prophet Micah, chapter 5, and I'm going to start with uh, 2a. But you, O Bethlehem of Epaphra, who are of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who will rule Israel, one whose origin is from old, from ancient of days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord." in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of earth, and he shall be the one of peace. And then perhaps a text that is a little bit more familiar to you, I'll be reading from um, Luke chapter 1, beginning with the 46th verse. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated and let us pray. O Lord, in your word you say that all shall dwell secure one day, and today this world is anything but secure. People within our borders, people beyond our borders, natural disasters, people wondering about tomorrow, Lord, we are not secure. There's far too much going on, Lord, sometimes in the lives of our neighbors, both distant and near in our own lives. But Lord, we hold on to your promise, trusting that as you have delivered before, you will deliver yet again. So be with us now as we hear these words. Speak to us once more a word of hope, even in the most difficult of times. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So in the 1800s, an Anglican priest was a missionary on an island off of Africa. He ran, I guess, what we would call an orphanage or a school for girls and women. And as he was in that ministry, he opened up a book of 9th century poetry. Now you can imagine he had to dust that off. But anyway, he opened up a book of 9th century poetry and read these words, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, and perhaps you know the rest. 
He took these words from the ninth century poetry and he put it to, that combined it with a melody from the 15th century and we're still singing it today. It's a beautiful, beautiful hymn that helps us anticipate the coming of Christ, the Messiah who will deliver us. You may know that for 300 years it was illegal for Catholics to practice their religion in England. They worshipped in secret for fear of persecution. Often they were persecuted. And so many believe that the song 12 Days of Christmas was one way that the Catholics taught one another the Catholic catechism, the, the doctrine, if you will, of the Catholic Church. Twelve lords a-leaping were the twelve disciples, four calling birds, the four gospels, three French hens, the Trinity, and then I think the partridge in a pear tree is Christ himself. And that day, many poems would have a partridge as a symbol of the divine. And this next one is the one I like the best. In the 1700s, 1700s, 18th century, a teenager complained that the songs in church were too boring. Yeah, right? Things just don't change, do they? A teenager complained that the songs in church were just too boring, and his dad said, well, you come up with something better. And Sir Isaac Watts turned to Psalm 98 and wrote Joy to the World. It's not about Christmas at all, although we've appropriated it for Christmas. It makes sense for Christmas, but it's based on Psalm 98. And Sir Isaac Watts wrote this, this um, hymn, and Handel actually had a part in it. It was a collaborative effort, and we're still singing it today, and we're grateful are grateful for all of these hymns, for the stories they tell, for the history they bear, and the hope that they anticipate. And, and that's really what brings us to today. Songs have history. Songs have context. Which is why I read two texts today, two passages from Scripture. Songs have something to say, and, and their message doesn't come in a vacuum. They're based on experience, on human experience. We have songs of protest, right? Songs of lament. Songs decrying injustice. Songs anticipating a better day. We have songs of victory and celebration. Songs tell a story. And Mary's song is no different. So before we get to her singing, I want us to think a little bit about what context that song came out of. Micah, the prophet Micah, spoke to a people who were incredibly oppressed. For most of their existence, God's people, the Israelites, lived in a world of occupation. One government after another occupied their land, deported them, kept them there in servitude. And so they were living constantly with fear and threat in their lives. And Micah came in, and what was happening at his particular time was that allegiances were being made to a foreign government. Allegiances were being made to a government other than their own, and tribute was being paid to the Assyrians so that the Assyrians wouldn't interfere with what was going on in Israel, such as it was. They still meddled. <laughs> and while this tribute was being paid, that cost was not evenly spread among the Israelites. That cost was raised on the backs of the working poor, which was most of the, most of the people. 
And so Micah comes into this context where people are oppressed, where the government, those rulers and elders that had overseen them actually had their strings being pulled by somebody else. And Micah speaks into that context a word of hope. Hold on, people of God. It's not always going to be this bad. It's not always going to be this tough. You will not always be occupied. You will not always be oppressed. Hold on, people of God. For one day, even from your midst, a Messiah will come, one who will deliver you. And in his reign, you will be secure. What a word for us today. In his reign, you will be secure, and the hungry will be filled, and there will be peace. And this little-known nation, this tiny little one-horse town of Bethlehem, from you, God will do great things. Isn't that the way of God? God always choosing the unlikeliest servant to raise up and to deliver a message of hope for his people. That's what's going on here. Micah is speaking into their experience and telling them to hang on. And one of the things I think is so fascinating is that the people of God hung on for 600 years. Can you imagine? They hung on for 600 years. We've been waiting for Christmas for a little more than four weeks. And we get anxious. We want it now. Well, some of us have been planning for Christmas before Halloween, right? And the people of God are told, just hang on. Hang on. And what I think is so marvelous is that they believed that God would deliver. Century after century, they had faith that I can't even imagine knowing that God one day would fulfill that promise and deliver even them for the oppression that they experienced. 600 years, even longer. That was a story of God's people, again, always anticipating God's hand in their life, working for deliverance of one sort or another. And it is into this context that Mary proclaims her song, perhaps one of the best-known songs in Western culture, maybe worldwide. One of the most sung songs, one of the most recited songs, one of the most beloved songs. Mary speaks into a world that was no less secure than it was 600 years ago, and certainly, by all telling, is no more secure now. And Mary begins to sing her song to a people that are in desperate need of a Messiah, of a Savior, of one who would deliver them into a new reality. Now, I love it. Before Mary gets to her song, Elizabeth, her cousin, comes to visit her. And frankly, I think we all need an Elizabeth in our lives. And if we don't need one, perhaps we should be one. We all need an Elizabeth. And I, you know, present company excluded. We all need one. Elizabeth visits her cousin, and and she proclaims her blessed. She says, Mary, I know things are weird right now. I know things are not as you would have expected. I know you're going to have to go tell my aunt and uncle, your parents, that you're pregnant. Things aren't good. Mary, I know. You might be assured by the Holy Spirit. You might have heard a message from Gabriel, but nobody else around you has saved Joseph. Can you imagine the stress? 
Imagine the fear. Although she may have had some confidence that God was doing something mighty, she still had to be scared to death. She's 13 after all. And Elizabeth comes to visit her and says, Mary, you're blessed. God has chosen you. Mary, you're blessed. Don't forget it. Things are weird. Things are fearful. You may not feel all that secure, but know that you are blessed. God is with you, and God has chosen you to do mighty things. So again, here's the context. Here's the setting for what's going on when Mary sings. And she proclaims these powerful words. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. God is doing something so incredible in my life that all generations will call me blessed. But not for me in and of myself, but for the child I carry. And for the child I will raise. All generations will call me blessed, for God is doing something in me. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. God is doing something in me. And Mary goes on to sing even more. And what I <coughs> think is so interesting in her song is that it is um, present tense, and it is future tense at the same time. And I want us to think about that. God is doing something in the here and now that will make a difference, that will deliver his people, that will set a new course, that will offer an alternative, and God has told us to anticipate even more in the future. We've got both and. Mary's not just singing about some pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. Mary knows that the child she covers carries will deliver the kingdom of God in just a few months and that in his reign he will bring others who will also then bear Christ for centuries for decades for millennia this child who will live in the present this child who will offer an alternative reality this child who will offer something other than might is right and survival of the fittest this child will do that in his life and invite others to do so in our lives as well. Mary speaks, she sings, both in the present and for the future, which makes the song very unique, prophetic, right, if you will. She was still in an occupied land. She was still among an oppressed people. She was a teenager, a peasant, and yet God was going to do something in and through her. And her life. <clears throat> I asked a children's Sunday school class one time, what does the word hope mean? And one of the 10-year-olds said, hope means that there's still time for something good to happen. That's about the best definition I've ever heard. Hope means that there's still time for something good to happen. And Mary knows it, and Mary sings about it, and Mary offers it to this world. And in her example, she invites us to do the same thing. We are all Christ-bearers, those who call ourselves Christian. 
We are all those, a part of delivering Christ to the world, of setting up something different, where people are safe and secure, and where peace has the upper hand. It is the now, and it is the not yet. But that's the hope of it all. That's the still time for something good to happen. And that's where we get to play our part and do something unique and different and offer to a world that still dwells in such darkness the light of Christ. It's here and it's now and it is to come. I'm excited about that. Excited for what God is willing to do in and through the likes of us. Because I don't know about you, but I know that I'm not all that capable on my own. I know that things get weird and I get scared. I know that things aren't like I want them to be and I tend to just kind of turn away and, and just hope for better and not do anything to make that better happen. And yet God in his wisdom continues to turn me back around to face the future with the confidence of the present that God still has time to do something wonderful even through the likes of me, even through the likes of us. If Mary could do it, human as she was, you and I can too, a little differently. But we are called to bear Christ nonetheless. We are called to offer hope to a world that is in such a desperate need of a good word. And say, hang on no longer, for we, God's people, are here and willing to be part of your life. Mixed up and messed up as it is, ours is too. And yet God is still doing something good in and through us. And God's kingdom will come and you and I and all of us can be a part of it. Thank God for this unique and wonderful way he's willing to work. To bring Christ into our midst present in and through us. May God help us to be faithful. May God help us sing a song of our own, a song that offers such hope and peace, such acceptance and willingness to be a part of what God is doing in this world. Amen. <clears throat> Let us pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks again for this day. We give you thanks that for whatever reason, you have seen fit to make us part of what you're doing in this world. Lord, help us to respond with song, with hope, with anticipation, with confidence that your Holy Spirit works in and through us. May we deliver Christ to a world that is in such desperate need. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. As always, you can find out the latest happenings at Harrison on Facebook or on our website at harrisonchurch.org.